Before this whole pandemic started, Asheville was already fighting against a crisis of its own. Back in 2013, the Food Action Research Council found Asheville to be the ninth hungriest city in the country, with one in five residents going to bed hungry. Since then, that number has slipped up to one in four. And with this current lockdown, we don't even know where to start the tally. Flory Pate is the founder of Food Connection, a nonprofit that was founded to make use of otherwise wasted food. Restaurants with buffets, catering companies, or people who had thrown a big event would contact Food Connection and someone would come pick up all the leftovers and take them to a location that would serve them as free meals to people in need. A great idea, right? But that entire model had to change when this virus started spreading across the country. Flory being Flory, she did just that. She stepped up to the plate, changed everything about the way they operated, and found a way to feed people. From Dirty Spoon Media, it's Home Fried, conversations to keep you informed and entertained during the COVID-19 lockdown. I'm Jonathan Ammons. And today, it's our conversation with Food Connection's Flory Pate. Here she is. Hey, Flory. You there? Hey, Jonathan. Aha, yeah. there you are. Awesome. How are you? I'm doing okay. Very busy. Very, very busy. I've been on conference calls and Zoom calls already today, so that's the nature of Monday, right? Yeah, honestly. Mm-hmm. Are you working from home like everyone else, or are you... Uh, uh, no, I've actually... Well, I'm partially working from home. And then we have an office in the Jackson building that, I mean, no one's there except for my husband and dig local partner, Ted, and me. So I feel safe going there. But a lot of my time, I'm um, running around delivering food to people. Yeah. Tell me about what what Food Connection's been doing. Sure. So Food Connection's regular model of um, operating is rescuing unserved food from catered events, um, universities, Um, institutions. And and so with conferences and everything being closed right now, our food supply has greatly decreased. And as we know, with this pandemic, the need for food has greatly increased. So we ended up pivoting our model temporarily to um, fundraise for people to purchase meals for us to have our chef partners create for us then to distribute to some of our regular food recipient partners and then um, also adding several new recipient partners. Wow. So where, who all's, uh, or where's the food going? How's it, how's it getting to the people who's getting it? <laughs> yeah. So we have a couple of different models for this. The one that we're doing with our fundraising efforts specifically from just the general public is um, when, when people go to our website, they can purchase meals for as few as three people or as many as um, uh, 225 people at the veterans restoration quarters. And so then we take that money and we're able to, to pay for the raw goods for our chef partners to prepare meals for us then to pick up and deliver. And so far we've taken meals to um, the church of the advocate they, um, Pax Tavern provided a, an Easter meal for them that was a huge, huge success. And then this past Friday, from donations on our website for this program, we were able to serve folks um, with delicious meals prepared by Celine and Company Catering. And we went to uh, the Southside Kitchen, to the Asheville Housing Authority 
um, Trinity Place Shelter for Runaway Youth, Blue Ridge Apartment for Seniors in Black Mountain, and the Black Mountain Home for Children, and also Hope for Tomorrow. So we're really trying to, to spread it out. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, how many people do you have running this operation? How many, how many hands are involved? Well, it's me and I've got um, my program manager, Jennifer, and I've got my um, Black Mountain lead person, Barbara. So it's the three of us and a very active board of directors who are, <laughs> everybody's working uh, a lot on this because we feel the, the, the need is so urgent and feeding people is what we do. Providing meals is what we do. And so we're absolutely 100% committed to doing all that we can as an organization to, to spread that food around and, and get food to people. Yeah. I mean, that had to be an interesting transition for you guys going from taking meals that were already at banquets or catering events and then having to actually source the food now. Right. And also with our chef partners, we can't ask them right now when their business has greatly decreased or just stopped altogether to purchase the goods themselves. So that's why this fundraising effort was really important to at least offset the cost of the, the raw materials for them. And then also on our website, um, I created a shopping cart feature where people can also add a gift for the chefs and staff. And so that's been great to, to be able to, to give them some more money for their effort in this project. Awesome. How many people would you say you've, or how many meals would you say you've distributed by now? Have you tallied that up at all? Oh my goodness. I, I can't say off the top of my head, I'd have to pull up one of my 87 spreadsheets that everybody keeps sending me. <laughs> right. <laughs> goodness. But um, another part of what we've been doing that's really exciting, and we haven't had much of an opportunity to talk about it. I believe there's a press release going out this week is that we are in partnership with Wicked Weeds Cultura Restaurant and uh, Chef Eric Morris, and they have been providing us with a whole lot of meals for um, distribution. And we're also partnering with the YMCA to get these meals out. And so this is a little bit separate from people purchasing meals on our website, but it's also um, definitely what Food Connection is spending a lot of time on now. And um, what we're doing with with them is um, they were they were approached by an anonymous donor who I want to say anonymous donor, if you're listening, we love you. Um, they gifted <laughs> a, a pretty significant donation. And so that's going to be covering the cost for us to distribute thousands of meals a week. And already we've, let's see this past week, we did 1500 meals. And, um, this week we're doing 3000 meals and next week we're going to actually be doing 5,000 meals. Wow. And yes. And it's really good stuff too. Um, we had a meal specifically for folks in the food and beverage and service industry who've lost their jobs. Um, we have had that the past two Saturdays yeah. at curbside, um, uh, uh, drive through and it's been at the Masonic Temple and it's gone really well. And so we're going to keep doing that ongoing at least through um, the end of May. Maybe um, if we need to continue, we will. And so that's all been uh, Chef Eric's delicious food. And Saturday it was uh, 
pulled pork or a, a veggie option with mac and cheese and a salad and jalapeno cornbread. And so really good, hearty, nutritious meals for the folks who need them. Oh, that's awesome. If someone needs a meal, how do they get access to to one of these? Um, well, we have several distribution points where we're taking the food. And this week we're adding in some places that I'm really excited about in more rural areas that we haven't actually served before. Um, we're going to be at the Big Ivy Community Center tomorrow. And um, also Sandy Mush Community Center is going to be receiving meals. And then um, Hominy Valley Crisis Ministry, Montmessori on Wednesday. Um, and so some of the meals are just open. We're at the feeding sites. And then some of them are specifically going to our community partners that Food Connection has been providing meals for for the past five years like uh, Trinity Place Shelter for Runaway Youth and um, the Black Mountain Home for Children, Veterans Restoration Quarters, and many more. Um, there's also a free meal that the Church of the Advocate provides every Sunday at 2.30, and that's downtown at Trinity Episcopal Church, and that meal is open for everybody. Oh, wow. Awesome. And there's also, I mean, there's so many different exciting things happening where the community is really coming together. And we've also been working with Heather at H&F Burger, and she is amping up and getting some other chef partners to be creating meals as well, which should be, I think that our first bit of those meals will be ready tomorrow to distribute. And I have to double check, but I think that those will actually be um, able to be picked up at H&F Burger. But this effort has really just come about, and we'll be posting about it on our Facebook page to let people know about these meals as well. Yeah. I wonder if you could talk a little bit, too, about the the need for food relief in this area, because it was already pretty stark. And, I mean, you guys had seen a need and were filling it before this crisis. Sure. So... One in four children in Buncombe County don't have enough to eat, and they're, they are considered to be food insecure, meaning they don't know where their next meal is coming from. And I know just talking to one of our community partners at Montmissori and Candler, they said that their numbers have quadrupled of people needing food. Mm. So, And I know just from working at the service industry distribution site, it it felt like there were several people, maybe most of the people that were coming through the line that probably had never needed a free meal before. So, I mean, it's people that said, you know, my, hus- my husband or my boyfriend and I both work at such and such restaurant. We both were laid off on the same day and our unemployment checks haven't started yet. We, you know, we, we don't, you know, I mean, they're literally running out of money and they need food. Yeah. So it's it's a critical critical problem right now. Yeah, that's it's. Uh, I feel like our resources for food relief were already stretched pretty thin, and now it's it's uh, it's even more dire. Is there? I mean, a lot of the pl- places that you're working with are places that are buying farm to table or that already serve kind of farm to table foods. So I guess that's also kind of, are they going back and still continuing to support those farmers or who are they getting most of their product from? 
That's a great question, Jonathan. I hope that that we can connect through ASAP and kind of help these farmers with purchasing their goods. But um, so far, we've had really generous local purveyors that have been donating their product. But it's it's our hope that we'll be able to offset some of the cost of for them too for for this food. Um, Hickory Nut Gap and the Chop Shop they've provided meat to the uh, folks at Cultura to, to help make the meals for Food Connection. Mm-hmm. And um, we've been incredibly grateful, but we also want it to be sustainable. So we would like to put some money back in their pockets too, because we know their businesses are suffering. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Um, what else do I need to know that I'm just too ignorant to a- know to ask? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, I know that there's food relief efforts happening all over the world right now because this has really, really turned things upside down. And in food systems that were already broken, um, that this perhaps will be a wake up call for us to be more mindful about where our food comes from. And hopefully it will be a wake up call to no longer waste 40% of our food supply in the United States, which ends up in the trash. Uh, That's the reason we started Food Connection in the first place, because it doesn't make sense when we live in a a, um, county where one in four children don't have enough to eat and 40% of the food's ending up going to the landfill. So I'm hoping that when we come out of this, and I feel confident that we will, and we're getting back on our feet, that we'll figure out how to solve some of these broken food systems that have been happening for decades and not be so wasteful and be more mindful and and then have um, more relief efforts for if, God forbid, anything like this were to happen again. I think nobody could could have foreseen how serious this could shake up their communities. So, I mean, I, I mean, I think about it a lot and I think, well, what can we do to be innovators or problem solvers? And this community has come together in ways that are so beautiful. And I know when the news is so dire that I, I'll get a call from somebody with the most generous offer or donation or want to help. And um, and it, it fills my heart. And I, I imagine there are other communities like this, but this Asheville area, Swanoa Valley area, I mean, I have seen the most beautiful generosity on addressing this problem. And, um, and I feel committed as our nonprofit that we will do whatever it takes to move these meals that people want to donate to us. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, you've you've very concisely <laughs> answered a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I'm I'm so passionate about it, and um and also I don't know what I would be doing right now if it was just going well. I guess nobody has any food to donate to us today because there's no weddings happening, or and just sitting around knowing that so many people are hungry. So. I'm really excited that we figured out a way to address the problem. And I'm incredibly grateful to be in partnership with Wicked Weed. They are um, having most of their staff uh, still employed in the kitchen and, and they're, paying, they're covering the cost of, of keeping their staff busy with making meals for the community. And, uh, and this is, again, it's made possible from local um, purveyors donating to them, but then also this anonymous donor, this is a game changer for 
Western North Carolina, this area, just to have have somebody with with such a big heart write a check to Food Connection and trust us and the YMCA to make good and deliver all these meals. Yeah. And so it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Do you know how much the donation was? Can you... Can you- well, I would love to tell you, but uh, I feel like I need to wait for Wicked Weed to make that announcement. Right. And um, that will be happening in the next couple of days. But let's just say that um, I I heard the amount and um, I had to sit down and, uh, <laughs> and I actually started crying. So <laughs> It was a it was a really good one, and it's a game changer. It's a game changer. So, yeah, I wonder if if too you could speak to the the idea of the difference between providing like you know a food pantry will provide typically meals that are not already prepared, but yeah. it's a much bigger deal to actually get food that is cooked and ready into people's hands. Absolutely. So a lot of who we're serving right now are homebound seniors. And um, even before this happened, I was at the Beacon of Hope handing out prepared meals that were rescued from Mars Hill University. And the sweetest woman, she was in her 90s, she um, had been driven to the food pantry by her daughter-in-law. And she started talking to me and about how much she loved to cook. But then she said, but look at my hands now. She said, my hands are crippled and I can't cook anymore. And so to get prepared meals, that just need to be heated up makes all the difference in, in my life. And I mean, and you think, you think about that. I mean, it's so great to um, give somebody an eggplant, but if somebody doesn't have the means to prepare it, it's, it's, you know, that's tough. So I think heat and serve meals are so much what people need right now. And, um, and so, and the quality of the meals too, I think because they're, they're made by a, uh, well, Chef Eric Morris, you know, I don't know if you know this, the Cultura, well, you, I'm sure you do, but they've been nominated <laughs> as the James Beard um, Restaurant of the Year. And so the the quality of the food that's coming out um, of these kitchens from Celine and Company and Pax Tavern and Cultura, it, it is such high-end, good, delicious, nutritious food that I, I think people need that right now more than ever. And so it's it's exciting to me to to read the menu and what's going to be served this week. And I got it from Chef Eric earlier, and I actually had to Google a couple of things. I'm like, what is? I don't even know what that is. It sounds delicious <laughs> because it's you know it's really high end, wonderful food, and um, and I think it speaks to just their their mission of feeding people high quality food and that doesn't stop in a time of a pandemic and they're just reaching a whole different crowd with it. Yeah. How did this connection with, uh, with Wicked Weed come about? We have been in partnership with them, gosh, since early on, I think, um, we might've just been around for maybe a year or so. And, uh, I met with Rick Guthy, who is of course one of the founding partners and, I just told him a little bit about what we were doing and he just basically said, this is amazing. Food waste has always really bothered me. And I think that he had been on the board at MANA and he knows the need for food. And just from his generosity, just wrote us a check for 
$5,000, which was by far the most money that we had ever gotten. And they've Mm. continued to support us um, with financial donations along the way. And they have participated in our largest fundraiser of the year. And they've been just champions of ours. And then the Funkatorium opened their catering kitchen. And so we were in discussion with them about uh, getting all of their rescued food. So they have supported us financially and with rescued food. So we already had a a really pretty solid relationship with them. And they knew that um, with this with the crisis happening that they wanted to make meals for us, but it just really got super amplified by this anonymous donor who I believe had seen a piece on social media or WLOS about uh, Wicked Weeds partnership with Food Connection and specifically wanted to help fund um, that program and that partnership. And then uh, they also wanted to bring in the YMCA because unlike Food Connection, we have uh, basically uh, one vehicle and me rescuing food. The YMCA has a lot of staff that they want to keep busy and um, seven vehicles. So they are acting as a wonderful partner with help with distribution on this project. So that's kind of how it came about. But we can't say enough good things about Wicked Weed and, and their generosity as a company. Yeah, that's that's great. Awesome. Well, Thanks so much for uh, taking the time to talk to me and fill me in on this. I know you're very busy. <laughs> sure. No, we, we love to get the word out. And I think there are a lot of people at home that are doing the right thing by staying safe and staying home. And, um, and if anybody listening wants to get involved and help us with purchasing the raw goods for um, additional chef partners to make meals for us, they can go to food-connection.org. And there's a whole list of different um, different groups that you can purchase meals for. If you specifically uh, want to help homebound seniors, you can you can really dial in and do that. Um, there's even an ability if you're purchasing at the $500 level or higher, where you can recommend a chef partner that you would like to see get back in the kitchen right now, make meals for Food Connection, and then even make a donation directly to that chef. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yes, we, I mean, we love, love, love this community. We love all our chef partners. And with this crisis hurting so many people's business, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's really turned things upside down, but we're just trying to be innovative and, and keep feeding people. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Flory. I, uh, I appreciate sure. you taking all this time and, uh, good luck out there and thank you. you stay safe. Oh, yeah. I've got my masks and hand sanitizer and gloves and Clorox wipes. And we're being super safe with this food. Definitely. Good. Good. Well, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you and what you're doing. And uh, yeah, keep us in the loop. We'd love to keep featuring it. (laughs) Okay, that's great, Jonathan. Thank you for uh, for talking to me today. Flory Pate is the founder of Food Connection. For more information on how to help or how to ask for help, head to food-connection.org. Home Fried is a production of Dirty Spoon Media. I'm Jonathan Ammons, and I'm the editor-in-chief. I produce the show, and I write and record our interstitial music. Catherine Campbell is our editor-at-large, manages our website and marketing, and keeps the blades turning around here. To catch the latest season of the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour, be sure to tune into 103.7 WPVM the first Friday of every month at 5 p.m. 
You can also catch up on back episodes of the show, stream any of our podcasts, check out artwork from our contributing artists, or support us through our Patreon at our webpage, dirty-spoon.com. We'll be back with new episodes of Home Fried every Tuesday and Thursday, with occasional episodes on Saturdays. To subscribe, just search for The Dirty Spoon Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts. Always bringing you stories from the people who shape what we consume on The Dirty Spoon. Be safe.